have a question for you this morning. For those of you that have been tracking, uh, you know we've been going through a series, Friendship with God, Friendship with Jesus. Is it possible to know God? Is it possible to have friendship with him? And I have the pleasure of rounding off our series, and it's probably appropriate that we land around Jesus and food, Jesus and meals. But I have a question for you to think about this morning. When did you last experience being a stranger? When did you last experience being a stranger? Perhaps this morning. This is your first time in this building. There are points and moments in our life when we experience being a stranger, perhaps entering into a new job and not knowing anyone in that particular department you're going into. Perhaps the first time meeting your partner's family at a dinner party. Perhaps even traveling to a new part of the world, a new country or city that's filled with unfamiliar sights, sounds, and smells. I think we can even be a stranger to the season we're currently in, experiencing a greater sense of uncertainty about what lies ahead. And this can be very disconcerting, can't it? It can be unsettling. And in those moments, we often look to familiarity, to security, to safety. And I think this is perhaps a fundamental part of our makeup and even a consequence of the fall, our separation from God. Believe it or not, there is one shared experience we all have from the moment we are born that illustrates this. And I'm just going to read you a quote from a psychologist named Hendricks. And he says this, There have been no miracle babies able to reveal to us the dark mysteries of life before birth. But we do know something about the physical life of the fetus. We know its biological needs are taken care of instantly and automatically by an exchange of fluids between it and its mother. We know that a fetus has no need to eat, breathe, or protect itself from danger and that it's constantly soothed by the rhythmic beating of its mother's heart. From these simple biological facts and observations of newborns, we can surmise that the fetus was a tranquil, floating, effortless existence. It has no awareness of boundaries, no sense of itself, and no recognition that it's encased in a sack inside its mother. There is a widely held belief that when a baby is inside its mother's womb, it experiences a sense of oneness, and even experiences a freedom from desire. Martin Weber, a Jewish theologian, put it this way. In fetal existence, we are in communion with the universe. But then, all of a sudden, the baby is cast out into a strange new world, naked, crying, cold, hungry, a stranger, desperately looking for home. And in that moment, they are brought close and are cuddled against a warm body. And as their head is pressed against the mother's chest, they begin to hear that familiar and soothing rhythmic heartbeat. Their cries begin to soften. Their breathing slows. They're no longer a stranger. They're home. Hold that thought. If you've got a Bible, I'd love us to read together John 1 from verse 35. And this particular passage is strangers coming together. It's the very start of Jesus' ministry as he begins to call 
his disciples. The next day, again, John was standing with his two disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you'll see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall now be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So our story centers around strangers meeting and Jesus inviting them in. What is perhaps not explicit in this passage, but evident in the timings, it highlights that the first two disciples stayed with Jesus. It was the 10th hour. Ian Galloway says this about the passage, food and conversation undoubtedly followed. This is the Middle East after all. When you invite people to your home, cooking happens. I have many Iranian friends, he says. I can't visit them without eating a meal. They never take no for an answer. Visiting their home means eating together. This is the first thing that Jesus does in the gospel. He invites some people around to his home to be with him, to spend time with him, and to get to know him. It is food and friendship. This is perhaps... This perhaps, sorry, marks a significant aspect of Jesus' story and ministry. As Steph shared a couple of weeks ago, the quote from John Mark Comer, which says, Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost, and his method was to eat and drink with people. Jesus saved, saved people one meal at a time. In the Gospel of Luke, there are over 50 references to Jesus and food, and in the Gospel of Matthew, over 90. There's something about the use of food and in particular gathering around a table that was a big deal to Jesus. As N.T. Wright says, when Jesus himself wanted to explain to his disciples what his forthcoming death was all about, he didn't give them a theory. He gave them a meal. It would be difficult to overestimate the importance of table fellowship for the cultures of the first century. Mealtimes were far more than occasions for individuals to eat. Being welcomed at a table for the purpose of eating food with another person became a ceremony richly symbolic of friendship, intimacy, and unity. 
Betrayal or unfaithfulness towards anyone who had shared a table was viewed as unacceptable. But on the other hand, when persons were estranged, a meal was an invitation, an open way towards reconciliation. Around a table, we're equal. We learn to share. We naturally talk. We share stories. It's a safe place to be intentional in talking about faith, and it anticipates the future. Theologian Christine Pohl says this, a shared meal is the activity most closely tied to the reality of God's kingdom, just as it is the most basic expression of hospitality. Beyond merely cooking and eating a meal together is the practice of hospitality. And hospitality is an attribute of God, and Jesus modeled it in abundance. Hospitality comes from the Greek word, which means love the stranger and the generosity and courtesy shown to those who are far from home. It is about inclusion. It's about service. It's about justice. It's a way of life. I love this quote from Henry Nguyen. He says this, hospitality means primarily the creation of free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. It is not to bring men and women over to our side, but to offer freedom, not disturbed by dividing lines. Perhaps a marker of how we are doing in our walk with Jesus is in how we're doing in our hospitality. How are we becoming people a welcoming people, especially for those on the margins or those who are our enemies or just different from us? How are we looking to serve and bless without any expectation of getting anything in return? How are we hosting people? I know this past two years has been really difficult to do this in light of COVID, but I truly believe as we move forward as a community, it's a fundamental practice that we should embrace to create intentional moments of story sharing. And, and that's the place often I find God's presence shows up. As followers of Jesus, we are known for our hospitality, surely. As individual disciples, are we seeking to grow in this area? Jesus taught and modeled it. Paul writes in Romans 12, practice hospitality. And Peter's own letter writes, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Another story. Several years ago, I experienced being a stranger in a new country. I've shared this before, I believe. Uh, I got to venture out to Canada in North, uh, North Canada, a place called Ottawa. And I was volunteering with a local Anglican church there. Believe it or not, this church was in the shape of an igloo. And as well as helping out on a Sunday, I would also help out at their soup kitchen. Monday to Friday, they would always serve approximately 100 lunches to those in need in the community. And this is a short excerpt from my journal at the time. I want to read it to you. It just gives you kind of a snapshot of this moment at the soup kitchen. I am often greeted by a merry good morning from Jane, who is always punctually waiting at the back kitchen door. 
Jane is a stalwart volunteer and the life and soul of the kitchen. Jane often gets cracking making sandwiches, not before putting the kettle on for a good old English cup of tea. I begin preparing the soup by slicing and dicing some onions, celery and carrots with a huge soup pan. I mean, this soup pan was massive. And I would share the rest of the ingredients, herbs and spices, and put them in. However, it was to disclose such top secret information, I would have to, you know the rest. Doug, Moses in between nine and 10, and his work at the men's shelter happens earlier on in the day. Doug is the sage of the team, ordering supplies and keeping everything on track. Often by 10.30, Jane, full of enthusiasm, suggests something to bake. Experimental pineapple muffins to chocolate chip cookies, you name it, we've baked it. We will often get our other volunteers popping in to help out. A lady and her niece came one morning to make bannock, which went down really well. And just before opening at noon, Joe would arrive to sort out bits and pieces, such as tea and coffee, water jugs, with the soup cooked, sandwiches baked, sandwiches prepared, goodies baked, stations manned. It's time to let our guests in. I tell this story um, because I want to introduce two people. I've mentioned them there, Jane and Doug. And these two people I probably connected best with out of all the people that I met during my time in Ottawa. After we had finished serving lunch, we would sit together and eat the same meal we served. I think there's a couple of pictures maybe, guys, if you want to stick them up. There we go. Believe it or not, that's me in the middle there. It's going back a few years. No top knot or anything. <laughs> but there you go, there's, there's Jane and Doug. That's a really good memory of them. So yeah, after we'd finished serving, um, we would sit down together and eat the same meal we served. And we would talk about all sorts of things. We told our story, we shared our interests, we laughed. We also talked about God and faith. Doug grew up part of the Salvation Army. But also we started to hang out together. You know, we'd go for walks, we'd get a coffee. We even went to the cinema. Believe it or not, there was a cinema in the Arctic. And as much as I enjoyed the Sunday gatherings at the Anglican Church, it was around sharing, around a table, sharing a simple meal that I really connected with someone, with two people who became friends. Alas, as time goes on, we've lost contact. As someone said to me, friendship is like being on a long meandering river. There are points where it just naturally divides and it goes in different directions. We journey with people for a time and then they and we, we move on. Yes, we experience loss and sadness at those times, but perhaps what is most important, however long or short those friendships are, is whether or not we were truly present for them. I think Jesus knew the hidden secret to this and it was meals. Being around the table together regularly offers an opportunity to be present, to center ourselves, that enables us to be our most authentic self, perhaps, to be known, but also to get to know the person in front of you, to no longer be strangers, but friends. Gathering around a table and extending hospitality to one another, especially those who are on the margins, is part of our lifelong discipleship. It isn't an optional extra, but rather it's one of the central ways of seeing God's kingdom break in, breaking down barriers 
and rewriting cultural norms. I wonder if we can become more aware of God's presence as we sit down with each other. And can we begin to intentionally become marked out as people who invite those from the outside in to gather around a table in our homes, in a coffee shop or a bar, on a picnic bench, at a parent-toddler group, and extend hospitality which creates a space where Jesus can not only meet with, but transform us and those we are gathered with. This is the beautiful reality of friendship with Jesus and each other. When Jesus is present, there is transformation, there is reconciliation, there is restoration. And I finish with Jesus' words. No longer do I call you servants. The servant does, know, does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends.